Think about it for a minute. We're going to do our, uh, remind you of what's coming up uh, this coming Saturday. Prime timers, potluck, games if you want to play them so, or bring some. So we always generally have a good time. And you don't, we don't care how old you are or how young you are. It doesn't matter to us. Just come and we'll, we'll welcome you and let you be a part of us. So that's uh, this. Uh, it'll be back in the fellowship hall. Um, <clears throat> men's breakfast. Um, or actually, uh, men's Bible study, April the 1st, Saturday, April 1st, 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall. And uh, men's breakfast will be April the 15th at 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall. So keep this in mind, and let's keep praying uh, for our, our church and for uh, the Lord to supply the need that we have uh, for our pastors. Anyone else have a request you'd like to mention, something we can pray for you about? Um, Faith went by and saw Donna Phelps the other day, and so uh, she's in, I don't ask, you have to ask Faith, Woodview Nursing Home, I guess it is, or Skilled Nursing Center. Anyway, um, if you get a chance and can, send her a card, let her know you're thinking about her. Uh, I don't know if she can talk on the telephone or not, but, you know, you might go by and try to see her or something. If you can, and just, you know, just let her know we're thinking about her and, and encourage her. She really... Um, this has probably hit her pretty hard physically and mentally and emotionally, and so uh, I'm, I doubt that she really is enjoying where she's being, where she's at. But you know, let's keep her in our prayers. Anyone else, like Brother Ron? Yes, we'll keep our committee. The Lord will open the door and and supply the need. Amen. Anyone else? Let's just invite his presence in our service tonight. Just let's let go and let God have his way in our lives tonight. Father God, as we come to you, we thank you, Lord, for another privilege and opportunity to be in your house. We thank you, Father God, because that we know you are on your throne. We know that you are in control, Father God, of everything that is going on in our hearts and lives and around our world today. We thank you, Father God, that you know that we can know that you love us, that you are care for us, that you're concerned about us, and Father, that everything, Lord, you desire to show yourself mighty, and Lord, that you desire for your people as we seek your face, as we follow after you, Lord, to just believe, Lord God, and understand in our hearts and lives, not get anxious, not get worried, but Lord, just say, Lord, we know we trust you. And Father God, because we know that you are, you are a trustworthy God in our hearts and in our lives. And we thank you for that. Father, we thank you, Lord, for everyone that is here. And we pray, Father, that you would just allow, help us to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and lives, touch us, and help us to, to uh, Lord, just let go and let you have your way in our hearts and lives. And Lord, continue to guide and direct our search committee, Lord, as they continue to search for us, a pastor. Lord, then you open that door. And you cause everything to come into place, Father God, for your honor, for your glory and your praise. Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain standing if you can. Let's sing together. It's time for the dead man. 
the King of glory in. Let the King of glory in. Yes. It's time for the sleeper to wake. It's time for the
are the Christ, Son of the living God. You ask me who do I say that you are and I say that you are the Christ, Son of the living God. You ask me who do I say that you are and I say that you are the Christ.
just worship him you worship him in your own way we're not in any hurry we want God to move we want him to move right now father we worship you Lord how wonderful it is to stand in your holy presence to feel your peace, to feel your joy, to feel, Lord God, the comfort that comes only from you. We thank you, Father God, that you are so mindful of us. You care so much about us that you are more than willing to come and walk in our midst, to dwell with us, to move by your Spirit and touch our hearts and to touch our lives. Father, we worship you in spirit and in truth tonight. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Brother Dennis, thank you so much. Miss Linda, thank you for coming with Mr. Dennis. We appreciate you being here. You just come back anytime you feel like it. We'd love to see you. Thanks, Sister Julie. Appreciate it so much. I guess you ought to bring stuff with you when you get up here, but I didn't. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and Sister Julie, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I appreciate a lady, a song, worship leader, that talks to God and says, what do I sing? 
what I say. I know with it. I know you can't convince me any. You can talk all you want to. I will never be convinced she doesn't talk to the Lord about what we sing. And I believe it. It shows, Sister Julie. We appreciate you so very much. And you and Brother Dennis both. Thank you guys so very much. Amen. To be very honest with you, we just could go back and sing those songs again and my sermon would be done. <laughs> but I've thought about something, and, and it's a very familiar portion of Scripture I want us to look at tonight, but in light of the events, especially the the move of God, the, the reawakening, if you will. Um, another great awakening, I guess, is what you could call this. But I've thought about this verse of Scripture, and we all know it quite well, the, the one that I'm, that I'm thinking about that I thought about. But I went back and looked at the whole chapter and we're going to look at the sixth chapter of the book of Matthew for a few moments tonight. Jesus is speaking, and to, I can't go back, I think this is probably still his sermon on the mount. Uh, he, we're not just the blessed are they and you know, that, that mourn, and those that are humble, and those that uh, have hunger and thirst for righteousness, but there's a whole lot of other things that Jesus teaches about on that Sermon on the Mount. And chapter 6 is one that touches on a lot about our relationship with God. Uh, if you look just quickly, uh, verses 1 through uh, 4 talk about giving to the needy. Uh, he talks about, you know, what we're doing, how we do it, how it should be done. Uh, he talks about prayer. He talks about fasting. He talks about money. And then he kind of seems to go a little off base or rabbit trail, if you will, and he teaches about worry. <laughs> Quite interesting most of the things, when we stop and look at this, this chapter, we, we, I know we, we've heard them, you know, but he talks about don't do your good deeds publicly. If you give your alms, if you do your benevolence, you do it quietly. You do it secretly. Uh, and his whole point was that, and it, I, I'm, I'm guessing just from the way he talks, there were those that were doing their benevolence just so everybody could see what they were doing. And it was kind of, oh, look at me, I gave, I gave Faith $500. I'm just so wonderful. And everybody looks at them and says, oh, well, he, he dresses nice. He goes to church, and I, I, he must be a pretty good, pretty good Christian. Jesus said, if that's the only reason you do your giving for it, and they say that about you, that's all the reward you get. He said, that's it. There's not anymore. But he said, when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Give it in privately. Do it privately. Uh, some have said it, put it this way. I've heard it put it this way a lot of times. I've received them, quote, Pentecostal handshakes. You know, 
And, and, and I've received a few of those in, in, in my time. And they're good. But the person that did that Pentecostal, if you don't know what a Pentecostal handshake is, they generally, I will explain it to you. There may be those watching have no clue what I'm talking about. Pentecostal handshake is when somebody feels led of the Lord to give somebody some money and they just simply have it in their hand. And when they shake your hand, they let go of it and it winds up in your hand. And it's not done, I've never, it's never been done that I've ever seen. It's never been done for show. Nobody ever knows anything about it. And so, and that's what he said. Because he says, Jesus says, if you do these things in secret, not to be seen, not to be noticed, not to be looked at, Jesus said, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When he talks about prayer, one of the things that he talks in this, and he said Jesus talked a lot about prayer, not just here. You know, we have the Lord's Prayer, which is in here, but he talk, talk, told us how to pray, what to pray. You know, and, and give us not only, he not only told his disciples how he showed them by the life he lived. How many times do you stop and think about it? You go back and look at the Gospels and you read where the Bible says, and Jesus went into a mountain or Jesus went into a quiet place to pray. Most often that you hear that, he goes early in the morning before the crowd has awakened. He gets up before the rest of them are stirring. But he goes and talks to the Father. It was important. Church, if you and I can get a hold of the fact of how important it is to continually talk to the Father, we'll get a hold of something. Jesus makes a statement. He said, you seek for me. You look for me. You talk to the Father. You talk to him daily. The Bible says, and I think the Apostle Paul is one who says, pray without ceasing. Does that mean I keep asking, oh God, I need a new Cadillac. Uh, no, you don't. You know. Lord, I, I need this. I want Prayer is not asking God for everything that comes around that we think we ought to have, that we think that we need. Prayer is talking to God and saying, Lord, how can I better live my life to bring honor and glory and praise to your name? How can I be the child of God that you want me to be, that you are pleased with, and that will show others what this Christian experience is all about? And then shut up and listen. It's a little blunt, but, you know, sometimes I just, you know, if, if in prayer, sometimes I can maybe say what I need to say, and then I need to shut up and listen. Yeah. So many times, if we're not careful, you know, but Lord, you know how bad this is, and we keep going on and on and on. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but church, the, the Bible says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Yeah. You don't have to go on, He already knows what you need. And you already all knows if what you're asking for is a need or if it's a want. He says a lot about prayer. He gives us in this particular chapter, he gives us what we call the Lord's Prayer. Understand what we're doing. Understand. He said don't keep repeating words, words, and words over again. I'm going to tell my wife. Don't ever use that word om in front of her. 
Um. <laughs> she was in another country. Most of you know where she has been from and been. That is part of their meditation ritual to their gods. They got a bunch of them. Jesus said, when you talk, talk plainly. Don't use vain repetition. Don't keep saying, you know, over and over and over again. He said, you ask the Father what you need. The Father knows what you need. You ask for Him. You ask in faith believing. You ask in confidence that as a child of God, God hears you. And God will take care of the need. God will supply it may not be the way you want. It may not even be the way you like. But he'll take care of it because he knows what's best for us. I'm, I'm sure, and I'm not, I probably, I've been this way at times, but sometimes I've been, been guilty of, Lord, here's how this ought to work. And he's going, this ain't your game to call, boy. Just shut up because I'm going to do it the way I want to. How many times when you stop and think about the miracles that Jesus did, that just Jesus did, he never seemed to do it the same way every time. God cannot be put in a box and think that he's going to act the same way every time. There are things that he will do. Jesus told the disciples, they said, Jesus, show us the Father. And we'll be satisfied. And he looks at them and says, I've been with you so long and you still don't understand. I'm just putting it in Oklahoma English. I've been with you so long, you still don't get it through your thick head. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? He did what the Father told him to do. He acted as the Father acts because the Father and the Son and the Spirit all work together. They never contradict each other. They never have. They never will. You talk about a team that's hard to beat. You're not going to be able to beat those three. First of all, because God knows it all. Literally. He knows our rising up, our lying down. He knows our coming and our going. He knows all about us. We heard it said, but I'll repeat it. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many fell out today in the shower or, or combing your hair or whatever. Why? Because that's the kind of God we serve. And Jesus wanted to know. He talks about prayer. He talks about fasting. Boy, don't we love that subject. May I interject something? Fasting is not about trying to get God to do something you want done. It is about getting this spirit man within inside of us to shut up and listen and hear the voice of of God and get his instruction, get his wisdom, get his understanding and get his plan about how he wants us to live our lives. I think that needs to be 
said. It's not. Now, there, there is a, my wife does this a lot. She's in with these in the groups that, you know, trying to lose weight and stuff. Intermittent fasting is one of them. You eat six or seven hours a day and the rest of the time you don't. It's supposed to help. But the kind of fasting I'm talking about doesn't just do that. It's a connection. It's getting me and you spiritually connected to the voice of God. These songs Sister Julie brought us tonight are not, she didn't, the Lord didn't give her those by happenstance. Because what we need, fasting is important for us as Christians, not for, it, it, it helped the, 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 the body in, in ways. There's, there's physical benefits for it. But the greatest desire and the greatest uh, objective of fasting is to get me to the place where I hear God better. When he speaks that I know, that I know, that I know it was him, and I'll do it and trust him to take care of it. It'll make us help us be better Christians. It'll help us to hear better. It'll help us to hush. I'll be nice this time and say hush. Kind of like Brother Gary. It's just, I'd rather be blunt. Then he teaches about money. What do we know about money? Money is necessary. You have to have it to, to survive. But you need, we have to be careful, even as Christians, that it does not become a central idea in our head. Now, let me say this. It doesn't mean we are stupid. It doesn't mean we are irresponsible. It doesn't mean we don't make plans. But it means that if the plans fall apart in the best light, the best plans that we can have from the best uh, of experts that we can find, if it still doesn't work, God is my source of supply. What do you say? Think about the different, th different things. Think about the children of Israel through the, going through the wilderness. Forty years. Their clothes didn't wear out. I bought jeans sometimes. It wouldn't last four weeks. I, well, that was a waste of money. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. They got manna. Can't find that stuff nowadays. They don't sell it at Aldi's or at Walmart or at, 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 at uh, Homeland. You can't buy it because it came from the hand of God. He caused quail to show up. Quail do not show up out in the middle of the desert. They're not that dumb. They want to be there where there's because there's more worms where it's the hills and, and everybody's been grass and stuff and, and all them little worms and all them bugs running around. That's, they're like chickens. That's what they eat. It's not out there in the desert, but yet the Bible says God fed them quail. God gave them water out of rocks that weren't supposed to have rock, have water in them. God led them by a, by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Do not worry about your life. He says, don't worry about it. And he goes on about worry. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. 
Don't worry about all of these other things that are inconsequential. Why? Because if that's all we're worrying about, if we're worrying about the old expression, don't hear it much anymore, but if we're worried about keeping up with the Joneses, you're worrying about the wrong stuff. Unless the Joneses are more spiritual than you are. Then you might want to keep up with the Joneses. What would it be like? Brother, Brother Gary mentioned this Sunday morning, and it has just been stirring, in, and I want, I want to see it happen. I really do. God help us. May it start with this group right here tonight. Church, we have sensed. I don't know whether you realize or not. We have sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit already. There is such a calmness. There is such a peace in this place because God is here. God help us to keep on going after that. And then the Lord, as Brother Gary said, the Lord can add a pastor to what we're already letting God do. It is not dependent upon an individual. I want to repeat that. He said it, but I'm going to repeat it because it's good stuff. It's dependent upon us. Say, so, yeah, but you see how many of us there are here? That's fine. Hey, there's at least 12 of us in here, if not a little more. Jesus started out with 12. Did he not? Now, he had lots of people that followed him. And the Bible says that there was 120 in the upper room. So we knew that it, that it multiplied by 10. And then after Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, it multiplied by 3,000. I mean, it jumped, not multiplied by 3,000, but it multiplied to the fact there was 3,120 people that were now Christians. That's pretty amazing. Because there's a secret, not a secret, but there is a, an access whereby we can see this happen. He talks about, don't worry. He said... How can, can you change your stature? Can, I mean, yeah, you can put on uh, four-inch heels. I don't know why you would. That's a good way to kill yourself, if you ask me. I told Brother Ron this before church. I said, oh, we have some, some fiberglass boards that when it's wet, we can drive our backhoe on. Well, they were sitting in the back of the pickup, so help me if I didn't scoot right back into them and I was making a pretty good clip when I hit them and they did not move <laughs> you know but even in all of that what is he said don't worry about he said how if you worry how can you can you make yourself to any taller now this was remember that he said can you make one hair white or black and he's well and of course now we say well yeah they got Miss Clairol how many of you know, ladies, it don't last, does it? You got to go back and you got to go, keep going back. I'm not making fun of you. Don't misunderstand that. But when the Miss Quillera all wears off, your hair's going back to the color it's supposed to be. Like it or not. We can't change the color of our hair. We cannot change our stature. 
Only God can do that. If he wants me taller, he's going to have to do it. I'm, I'm good. If, you know, if he's going to ask my opinion, I'm good. I don't need being taller. But what's he saying? Don't worry. Church, you and I have nothing to worry about. Because faith will conquer fear. Faith will conquer obstacles. Faith will conquer the devil. Faith will conquer circumstances and situations that are out of man's control and ability to change. Faith will heal sick bodies when the doctors say we've done all we can do. Faith will change and move mountains. Faith will make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Do not worry. Have faith in God. Jesus said, if you, John chapter 14, if you believe in God, believe also in me. If we trust God, we trust Jesus, we trust the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. I said all that. That sermon did not cost you extra. Now we're getting to the meat of the thing. Verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. King James Version says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. All of what things? The things he was talking about in chapter 6. He will help us to know how to pray. He will help us to know how to give. He will help us to know how to fast and when to fast. He will help us to know how to wisely use our money. He will give us understanding when the, the financial experts say, we've got to go this way, and God says, no, go this way. Give 10% of your income to me, and I'll make the rest of it 90% work. Paul said this, you think, and I think about, I'm going to plug missions real quick. It's coming up Sunday morning. Mission Sunday's coming up. Why missions? Paul said, how shall they repent except they hear? How shall they hear and accept one preach? How shall one preach unless they be sent? How can they be sent if we do not send them and give them the ability to go do what they were called to do? I've heard a lot of pastors say this and preachers say this. Any church that will get missions minded, God will bless that church. With people, with workers, God will bless. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God, this is the New Living Translation, I believe. But it says, seek ye the kingdom of God above all else. Church, we have seen a very mighty manifestation of people, what will happen when people begin to seek God. The question is, are we going to get in on it too? These young people in these campuses, God is stirring hearts and lives. There is something better 
There is something more meaningful, and they're looking for it. And what they have started doing is asking and seeking God. That's all they've done. Well, they're not jumping up and down and speaking in tongues. It does not matter. They're seeking God, and God is answering the seeking What is he trying to get us to understand? We've got to be seeking him. If we go back and look, Brother Rick, pull up the second song, if you would, please, if you don't mind. I mean, it says that some of these verses that Sister Julie led us into, say it so well. Go on to the next one. (laughs) Just keep on going through it because there's part of this. We look at this. Look at what this song says. You're the strength of all of my days. Of whom shall be afraid? The war may rise against me. Of this will I be sure that I will bless the Lord forever. I'll bless his holy name. What is that doing? That is seeking God. How do we seek? Lord, I need you. I want you. When we see what God does right here in this place tonight. That is God saying to us, I want to be with you. I want to be around you. Let me ask you here. Most of you are our parents, grandparents. How, if you're, what, how would you feel if your children act like sometimes we act toward God? I'm fixing to get real. Your children walk in, or your grandkids walk Oh, hi, Grandma and Grandpa. What you got me? What do you got to give me? What are you what are you gonna give me? I need this, I want this, I want that. Now I'm ornery enough and mean enough. Tell them you go hit the door and come in that door again and you come and say hi to me and you're not asking for nothing. I want you to be here just because you want to see me. Church God is the same way. Now, he does want us to ask, do not misunderstand me. But he's talking about seeking his presence, seeking his face, seeking who he is. And let the other stuff come with that. I heard it said this way one time. Don't seek his hand, seek his face. It's more than what he can give us. It's more than what he can do for us. It's the relationship that we have. It's the ability to know that we can walk into this sanctuary. We've been talking to the Lord. We've been seeking His face. The, the word seek, uh, the psalmist writes in, I wrote this down, Psalms 34 and verse 4. He says, I sought the Lord and He answered me and rescued me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. What does the word seek mean? It means, in essence, and I'm just going to put this in my way of looking, of seeing, understand. It means to earnestly go after. It means to go after it with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. To seek Him means, God, I need you more than anything else in this world. I will be satisfied with nothing less than your mighty presence in my life. There's a song, of course, that says, I need you more than yesterday. I need you more. You know, uh, 
and I can't remember them. Right? I can, if I've started my head, I can go through it and get it all right together. But I know it's. I, but I need him more. I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more. Why? Because he is my life. There is my connection. There is my source of life. There is my source of strength. There is everything I need for life and godliness is in His presence. One of the things my wife and I pray each morning when we get up before we leave for work, the first thing that I start out with in my prayer, and I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, this is what I remind myself of, is I thank God for His care, His protection, and His watchfulness over us. But most of all, I thank Him for His presence in my life because in His presence is where I find everything I need for life and godliness. No wonder the Apostle Paul could say, hey, I've, 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 I've not had anything, I've had everything. I've been with that. I've been with a lot, and I've been without anything. But I've found and I've learned whatever state I'm in there with to be content. Why? Because God is there. It was the presence of God. It was seeking God's face that allowed and, and enabled. I mean, not allowed, but enabled Paul and Silas to having been beaten very severely, put in stocks in the innermost prison. It was the presence of God and knowing that they were serving Him that enabled them to begin to pray and sing praises to God at midnight. Now I've gone over this before, but what happened? The Bible says there was a great earthquake and it shook the chains off of every prisoner there, but not only did it shake the chains off, it kept them glued to their seats. They weren't going nowhere. It was the presence of God that enabled the Apostle Paul to know that when the Philippian jailer was walking in there to kill himself, realizing that he, was, he wasn't dumb. You got prisoners locked up. Those chains fall off. What are they going to do? They're going to run like scared rapids every which direction they can go. It was dark in that prison church. And Paul calls out in the darkness and says, Do thyself no harm. We are all here. Now church, you go back and look at that. That was the miracle of the presence of God. Not a prisoner left. All their chains had fall, fallen off. They, but they were still sitting there then through the power and the uh, understanding of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul knew they're all sitting here, boy, don't hurt yourself. Why? Because of Philippian jailer's responsibility and, and the, the sword, if you will, that hung over his head was if you lost a prisoner, you got to fulfill their sentence. He just as soon died as had to fulfill some of the sentences of the people he was had under lock and key. Seeking the Lord. Early in the morning. The Bible says Jesus went and talked to the Father. Why? Because he was seeking him. What does seeking him look like? Seeking Him looks like this. 
If anyone will follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me daily. What does seeking him look like? Call upon him. He that studies, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does seeking God look like? It looks like somebody that knows what the Bible says. We were talking in Sunday school class about um, a particular group. Let me put it that way. I won't get real specific. But the minister in charge of a service asked a question about something in the Bible. And the sad part of the fact was that this particular group, church group, didn't really enforce or, or, or reinforce studying the Word of God. And they didn't know the answer, but there was somebody there that was akin to somebody in our class. I can't remember now who all it was. It doesn't matter. The point was that person knew the answer, and they said it was like that minister liked to fell over because somebody actually knew the answer. Church, that ought not to be true about the child of God. That is not what God's Word is about. It is about for you and I to study it and to understand. Are you going to learn it all in this lifetime? Probably not. But don't quit trying. Thy word, Paul, no, not Paul, David said, is a word, thy, lamp, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What is all of that? That is seeking God. You've got to do it for yourself. A preacher can stand up here for 24 hours a day and still not get it all into you. Because half the time you'll go to sleep on him. Hope not, but I've seen it happen. I've got to know it for myself. I've got to understand it for myself. What does seeking God look like? It looks like getting around an altar of prayer every time that we have that opportunity to do so. It means not resisting the Holy Spirit. Church, I want you to understand something. And I say this very seriously, and I try to, I'm going to say this as kindly as I know how. Two of the preachers that have been, that we've had, two different ones brought this out. And they preached about the fact of resisting, quenching, and grieving the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear me, and I want you to understand. Church, when God brings an indictment against us, we need to get it fixed. When the Holy Spirit is moving, well, I don't really want to go down to the altar. You go because who knows but what your obedience to the Spirit enables somebody else to come to to meet with God and get what they need from Him. 
Church, if we don't have that intimate relationship with him every day, how are we going to touch our world for Jesus? And I say that as gently as I know how. And, and, and I hope and pray that it, it's not a much. But church, we need to be careful. When the Holy Spirit is moving, when the Holy Spirit is calling, when the Holy Spirit gives a, a message in tongues and interpretation, don't say, well, that's for so-and-so. It's not my responsibility to say, well, that's a good message. Lord, you know, Kathy over there, she needs that really bad. No. Throw your shovel away and say, Lord, is it me? Why? That's seeking after God. I'll plug, I'll plug another one. When Sister Julie leads us in these worship songs, she has talked to the Lord. I am absolutely convinced in my heart of that. When she leads us, on that, it's not just so we can have another song to sing. It's not so we can all sound real pretty. It's to look at what we're saying. It's to look at what we're singing. And if nothing else, let it become the prayer of our heart at that moment in time. Or the praise. Or, or, or the worship or whatever it is. Why? That's seeking the kingdom of God. That's seeking Him. I'm convinced, church, if you and I, those of us that are here starts with us here tonight. We really start getting on serious about it. Start seeking God. God's going to show himself mighty. Why? Because he has said time and again, especially in Old Testament, he talks about the remnant. Sometimes we may feel like the remnant, you know. Lord, you know, kind of like one of the, the prophets. Lord, I'm the only one out here serving you. And God said, wait a minute. I've got 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee to Baal, so shut up. You're not in there by yourself. You're not the only one going through your circumstance and your situation. I won't try to preach Brother Rogers' message again. But, but it, it is. We, we have to stop and look at it that way. But seeking God, what does it do? It enables us to get to that place when, when He speaks, I know, and I obey. What does seeking Him look like? Jesus said, if you obey my words, then are you my disciples indeed. It's obedience. It, it's all of those things. It's a lifestyle, church. What he's talking about is not a one-time situation. It's not a one-time occurrence. It's got to be done daily. And it'll work. I believe with all of my heart. That's why Jesus said that. Seek you the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. The only way you're going to live righteously is seeking God above all else. You ain't going to do it on your own. Excuse my Oklahoma English, but you ain't going to do it. Ain't going to happen. I cannot live this life of Christianity without the help of Almighty God. And neither can you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you
everything you need. He didn't say everything you wanted, but he said everything you need. How many of you know and understand that some of the stuff we think we need when we get to heaven, they don't have it up there? Do you ever think about that? If heaven is absolutely perfect, and it is, don't have to take my word for it. Just you trust God. Because God never messes up at all. Never has. Never will. Everything we need will be there when we get there. And I'm convinced, Sister Carol, when we get to heaven, it will feel more like home than you and I have ever kill it sorry I forgot can we tell why my face is red now ain't it back to the matter at hand when we seek God everything we need we will have Everything for life and godliness. Everything that belongs to our salvation we have. We've got to seek Him. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. But I believe with all of my heart, church, if we'll do it together, I believe we'll see God do some things. Every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment. The one thing that I know, and I'd like every all Christians praying, please. God wants a relationship with every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this earth. Twain created this earth. He didn't create it for himself. God created this earth that we live on for humanity. He already has a house. He doesn't need another one. Earth was not designed to be his summer home, his vacation home. He has one that he dwells in permanently. He made this earth that we live on for mankind. He got all of the things in order, all the things in place that need to be in place, and the last thing that he put on earth was mankind. Everything else was in place. Perfect. Nothing lacking. Nothing missing. Why? So that he could walk and talk with mankind whom he had created. The Bible tells us in Genesis that he walked with Adam and Eve until a time that they sinned against God, disobeyed the one thing he told them they could not do. There weren't a whole bunch of rules. There was only one. Don't eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Simple, easy. But Satan come in and messed all that up, and they bought the lie, he told them. And so now we all, when we're born, we're born as sinners. There's an age for children, I truly believe, that they are 
not accountable for their sin. They're children, they're kids, they're innocent. But there comes a time in their life as they grow that they reach a place where they know the difference between good and evil. Sin came and it ruled. But then when God was fully ready and prepared, not prepared, but when he was fully ready for everything to be happening, because he prepared all this before the foundation of the earth. When God was ready, he sent Jesus for the express purpose of making it easy and simple to seek God. That's why Jesus came. He came to forgive us of our sins. He came to wash us in his blood and wash us clean of our sins and wash us clean of a guilty conscience of sin. But ultimately, God's goal was a relationship with you. While Christians are praying, if you're watching this, either tonight as we're going this way or sometime in the future, God wants that relationship with you. That's why all of this has come. That's why he, Jesus tells us to seek the kingdom of God. Because God wants that relationship. God wants to walk with you. God wants to guide and direct your life through his Holy Spirit in you. All you've got to say is, God, I need you. God, I want you in my life. That's what these, these young people are doing. They're beginning to realize that education is good, but it doesn't satisfy. Parties are wonderful, but they do not satisfy. They only last for a little while. It's only the pleasure of sin for a season. They're realizing there's a God out there who wants a relationship, and they've been seeking Him and finding Him. So it's simple to do. All you've got, if you really want God, Asking, Lord, I want you. I want you to show yourself to me. I want to be yours. And I want you to be my God. And he will. Just simply say, Jesus, I believe you came to rescue me from sin. And from its, the death that it brings. Because the wages of sin is death, God's word says. But Jesus, you came to rescue me from that. Not only rescue me from sin, but give me a relationship with the God of all creation who wants that relationship more than anything else. I pray, Father God, that these that, will, that would hear this, Lord, that they, if they say that, Lord, that they'll just cry out to you and say, God, I want you and I need you. Make yourself real to me. And, Father, I believe that you will. I pray, Father God, that they will confess it to, to someone else. That they'll, they'll, if there's a church, Lord God, and somebody they know that's a Christian, they'll confess that. And that Christian will help them to grow and develop in, into the child of God that you've called us to be. But, Father God, I pray that they do it in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for this congregation tonight. I pray, Lord God, that you will help us, Lord, to be stirred again in our hearts and minds. Lord, if these young people... That these universities can call on you and you answer. God, how much more your children who've served you. Lord, sometimes we just don't do it. Sometimes, Father, we just don't put the effort forth. But, Father, I believe if we will, that you will show yourself and show up in our hearts and lives. And show up, Lord, in our services mightily. 
God, I pray, Lord, that there will be a, new, a renewed effort, a renewed emphasis in our lives on seeking you. Lord, Lord God, that when we do, you have said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, righteously in all these things will be added unto you. Father, I just pray that we will go with that, that you will just reinforce that in our hearts and mind, in our spirit, Lord, that we are seeking you by the lives that we live, by the study of your word that we do, by reaching out, Lord, to touch the hearts of lives of others. In the, the previous parts of chapter 6, Lord, you talked about giving, you talked about praying, you talked about fasting, you talked about money, you talked about worry. Lord, if we seek you, all of those other things come in and you help us to use them for your honor and your glory and your kingdom. I pray, Father God, that we'll also remember that as we seek you, your promise is you never leave us. You never forsake us. When we leave this place, we do not leave your presence because you're always with us everywhere we go and in everything we do. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that great love. We thank you for that great concern and that great watchfulness over us each and every day of our lives and i pray father god that we will go from this place tonight and we'll just let our light so shine before men that they will see the good works of our life and glorify our father who is in heaven and lord for all of these things we give you the honor and the glory and the praise in jesus name and all of god's people said amen lord bless you we look forward to seeing you next Sunday morning. Oh, prime timers, Saturday at noon. They all come, bring something with you. Uh, Sunday morning, Sunday school, 9.30. Church, 10.30. Come expecting God to do some wonderful things. Amen. And remember, Sunday is Mission Sunday. Don't forget your BMG, BGMC offering and your missions offering. Lord bless you all.